And hey, everybody, we are here live on a Thursday afternoon as we're going to be doing more of that kind of thing. I'm Charles McFall, and over here is Thomas Kim. Go Dogs Complain. Whatever. <laughs> hey, we got the memo. We actually wore yep. the exact same shirt today. And we've been talking about not wearing our uniform shirts, and then we just yeah, wear the we same just one. Did. So. Hey, uh, yeah, we're going to get doing our Facebook sharings and that kind of thing. But today we actually have a, uh, we actually have, yeah, you can't see it though. We actually have a really rep a report here, an actual PCR that the family, a family member gave to us. Uh, kind of looking for answers, looking for what happened, what went wrong. It's so hard to get closure sometimes uh, in a call because it, nobody wants to talk about anything, especially in the days of, uh, in these days of liability and lawsuits and, and, and. I'll give doctors this, okay? I will. I'll, and I'm, I'm filling all this into a space while you do your thing, then I'll toss it to you and I'll do my thing. Uh, but I'll give doctors this, that they are they are very much, doctors are very much at risk of, of getting sued in today's society uh, for the littlest things. And we never know how a jury is going to work. And sometimes I've heard cases where, uh, where definitely there's been times that from a medical standpoint, yeah, you know, I'm sitting here, even as a paramedic, going, no, that doctor did everything right. And yet they, they either have to settle or they lose money or they lose a lawsuit because a jury, right? I mean, it just, it just happens. So I, I, kind of, I kind of understand why doctors don't want to give answers and give closures. And, of course, then you get below doctor. Nobody's talking about anything. Nurses won't. They have to refer it up to the doc, right? We as medics. Are, are, I think every company I've ever worked for, the policy is you don't talk about anything to anybody, right. you know, because there's HIPAA, right? But mm -hmm. then there's just, I don't know, you're just not allowed to. And that's, that's always been a struggle for me. One, because I'm a talker. Two, I need closure in my life on many things, so I'd like to give closure. And three, there's so much that is harmless that would actually help a family. So, since we don't answer those people other than HIPAA, right, and we, we're not going to use names, and even then, Tom... If the family member gave us this report, and we're just people in the public, we weren't on the call. All right. We yeah. didn't run this. We could just talk about everything, couldn't we? I think so. I mean, I don't have nothing to do with it. They gave it to us. Yeah. So, but, but out of respect, it's not necessarily about the family directly and the patient or even the medics yeah, that run the call. it's about kind of doing the right thing. So, yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's good to have that habit just in case we do get involved with something somewhere that we can't talk about. If we're in the habit of talking about everything... I've done that before. So I was like, no, hey, you, <laughs> there's this thing I want to do. Don't tell anybody. And 10 minutes later, it just kind of naturally came up in conversation. If went, you oh, want crap. a secret cap, don't tell Charles, I guess. Don't tell anybody. That's, yeah, that's not anybody. true. I've never tell, told Megan she's adopted. Well, you know. <laughs> Actually, so. she's not the one. You know, we just found her. <laughs> you never actually legally adopted her. You just found her on the road. <laughs> yeah, but the government still gives us a deduction for. Her. You know, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. That's 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 where it's at. Uh, so uh, we're gonna talk about that, but then we're gonna play the hypotheticals. Okay, what happens if? Because we don't know exactly what the family wanted if they were complaining on the medic. And we do that a lot here on on EMS Underground. We handle the legit complaints, and there are legit complaints. And, and we're digging through one. I should turn that off. You hear? And, the, and then. So Jeremy said they hear us out there. I was like, well. Oh, well. Oh, well. So. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> for those of you who are watching here on Facebook, uh, we have a class going on outside the doors. And I thought I turned that ringer off. And uh, Jeremy, one of our guys here, is in that class. And so he, he just texted that they can hear us. So that's why I yelled really loudly just to mess with them. Just uh, so they can hear us clearly. Yeah, 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 it's true. But your it voice is, uh, just carries through everything, it Carl. It does. Maybe we, maybe not today, because I'm already set up. But maybe I should sit on that side so my voice projects towards Gigi's place. Yeah. You know that might help a little bit. Or in, like, maybe we just have them have class in the back. No, we make them go out and do uh, class outside, so they yeah. have to get used to the elements. That's what we That's really what I used should do. To. So. Uh, you know what? If we really thought ahead, their whole class would have been just watch this show live while you're sitting there doing right. your exam or something. And you, we will talk about what, if someone were to complain, how we'd handle that, uh, those kind of things. But we definitely want to break down the call and say this is this is the good that happens. So sometimes that's the title of today's show. Sometimes when the call goes right, everything you do is correct. The patient, you still lose the patient, and. That's ne- that is never good for a family, right? The family always right. wants their member to live. And from what I understand, uh, and actually I'm going to pull up the email here in a second after I'm done inviting everybody, is that um, there were definitely circumstances that went in that, that what we do as human beings is we put off the inevitable. We try to, to say, you know, no, this is fine. I'll deal with it later. And some of that came into play. And... Just to kind of get this warmed up and set up, Tom, as medics on a scene, I am sure there's probably been a time in your life that you've told somebody, like, yeah, no, we'll come up tomorrow. Like, no, no, no you, not, you need to get in the car now. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'm, I'm just, God, it's such a fine line that we walk. I'm just the medic, but I think, you know, this is what's happened. But you never want to scare the family. And that's what I always teach, anyway. It's like, we were talking about it Tuesday when I gave lectures. I'm like, well, we're supposed to avoid words like this. And I was like, no, no, no. We don't lie to a patient. But when somebody, let's say they have a broken leg and they think they're going to die, well, statistically, scientifically, more than likely, they're not going to die. They're not even going to lose a pinky toe. They're just going to get a cast. So you All can right. tell them, like, look, no, I'm telling you, I've, I've splinted it. You feel better. Things are better. Sure, stuff can happen, but you're, you're going to be fine. You know, it's that reassurance. Is that, you know... Saying calm down in a very nice way, just helping somebody out. Um, but when something's bad, we try to protect the family and the patient from that because that, that anxiety doesn't help us at all and doesn't help the patient. So we're not going, they're dying, you need to come. But there's been times you've had to tell a family, no, don't sit here and smoke a cigarette and dilly-dally. You need to right. come out to the hospital, right? Yep, need to... But the the thing is, is that people look for reasons to complain. And people yeah, are going yes. to complain. Because people never do anything wrong, right? People yeah. are never to blame for their condition. They're not to blame for anything. They just think that, oh, I can sit here and I can smoke cigarettes. I can eat fatty food for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and sit here and not exercise and do anything and sit here. And then the day comes whenever I have chest pain, somebody's going to be there and they're going to save my life and I'll be okay and everything will be fine. That's what they think. And then when it doesn't go that way, then they want to look at somebody to blame. Instead of saying, you know what, maybe if he stopped smoking 20 years ago, maybe if he quit drinking beer 
Maybe if he quit smoking pot or doing crack or doing marijuana or cocaine or Or after you've had your third bypass, you still go get those barbecue ribs and fried chicken. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. We don't point the finger there. No, it's because this crew was took them three extra minutes to get on scene. You know, because yeah. it took three minutes. All right, th- I'm sorry, people, but three minutes—that's not going to. It's not going to offset forty gonna, years of damage. Exactly. It really isn't. And we do, and I need the public to understand this. And I'm speaking on behalf of EMS providers who are getting abused and talked about now because, you know what, now the thing is out there is for people to to pick on other people. Let's pick on the police officers. You know, I was just reading this thing about Starbucks. Somebody says, oh, I don't feel safe in Starbucks because there's police officers. Well, you know what, when somebody walks up in that dang place with a gun or they start fighting, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Who's going to, uh, yeah. Ghostbusters <laughs> got a long ETA because they're in New York, ain't they? <laughs> That's true. They're not in Arizona. <laughs> Who are you going to call? Do you feel safe when they show up to save you? Huh? Do you? No. Uh, uh, well, then that's your problem. Get out of the country. Go somewhere else. I, I don't know what to tell you. But a police officer drinking a coffee makes you feel unsafe? Like, really? Yeah, that's, that's man, that's just looking for trouble. So, so let's pick on the police officer. So now let's pick on EMS people because it takes them three or four more more minutes to get to my house. I'm sorry, people. They did not cause the emergency. And you know what? Whenever you're driving down the road and you're going down the road and that ambulance has come up behind you and you don't pull your butt over to get out of the way, you're the problem too. Do you know how many times in my career? And what about yeah. yours, Charles? Yeah. You've been going down the yeah. road. People won't get out of your dang way. Uh, but then, yeah. and, but then, whenever it's them on the other side, whenever, oh, what took you so long to get here? Um, there were cars in the way. Yeah. The red lights and sirens, people, is not like Moses part in the Red Sea. It doesn't happen that way. We are asking for the right of way, and the ambulance can only go so fast, and yeah. we can only do so much. Matter of fact, do you realize that there are some jurisdictions that do not allow the use of lights and sirens? Jackson County for a while yep. could not. It didn't matter. It came out, call came out, cardiac arrest. They still did not respond. Lights and sirens. I was in Chicago last month, about this time, and was driving from outside the city, just like in Atlanta. We drive from out here to downtown Atlanta. Chicago is, I think, a biz- bigger physical city. Definitely an older city with a lot more people in it, and. Or it seems that way anyway. I know somebody's going to email us like, well, actually Atlanta has a population. That's not the point of the story. But I was driving in, so it's a good 20, 30-minute ride into, through downtown Chicago into uh, the, the lakefront there where the Grant Park is and all that, right there on the lake. And uh, I saw two things happen on the way in. One was this, we came up to an intersection, a big, weird intersection yeah. where it's not lined up in a square coming in it's like twisted and this fire chief battalion chief some kind of that kind of vehicle right. comes and and they had the green light we had the red light anyway but no just lights no sorry and it's a huge intersection like a bunch of space I'm like whoa dude you should have your siren on to ask i mean to let us know you're here because you wouldn't be out running he was only doing five eight miles an hour he's going slow safe but I was like, wow just lights that doesn't seem right Maybe that's a one-off. Then later, I'm going down on whatever road we're in. It's one of those kind of like I-20. And some cop comes up beside us along the exit ramp, getting re- and his lights are going. 
Again, no sirens. So while I'm at this festival in Chicago, there's police everywhere. And I finally went up to someone. I was like, hey, you mind if I ask you a few questions? I'm a paramedic in Georgia. And our state law, well, the state guidelines, I guess everybody can set their own laws for counties and cities well, and whatnot. Yeah, but the state, there but is a state law. There's a state that it's either on or off, right? It's lights and sirens or it's nothing. Right. Right? Okay, that hadn't changed. Because that's what I was taught way back when in school, and that's what mm-hmm. I've always stuck with. And for me, that's safe. I'm going to flip on the lights. I'm going to flip on the sirens. Using judgment, 3 in the morning, rural areas of the state, people are sleeping, nobody's out, the sirens aren't hurting or helping. Well, they're not helping, but they're definitely hurting or waking people up. Other than that, lights on, sirens on. So I asked them about it, like, yeah, yeah, there's definitely just people cried about it. That, they were blunt, and they were honest, and I loved them for it, is that they were, people were crying about it. And they, they petitioned their aldermen, and their aldermen went to the city council. And, and essentially, unless they just absolutely have to hit the siren, mm-hmm. they are not allowed to use a siren in that city across the board. Ambulances, fire, police. I'm like, man, that, is, that puts you at risk. Like, yeah, well, it is what it is. Right, yeah. You know, so... And that's just that area, too, yeah. in, in that culture, that area. But, but we're in a society now where people are just out there looking for somebody, something to complain about. Oh, I was wronged, and then everybody gets on the bandwagon. When, but nobody takes any personal responsibility for it. Right. You know? Right. Why would you feel unsafe at a Starbucks with a police officer? Maybe because you're a freaking criminal? And you're afraid you're going to get arrested? No, is that I, it? That, okay, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. That could be part of it. I know. So here's the thing about fear, right? There were, and it's become less of an issue. Not eradicated, but less of an issue. But there was a very public two years where police officers were shooting people. And it's on video, and, and some of it was justified and some of it wasn't. And so then the fear gets hyped up. Now what we're dealing with, some of these kids who lived, and I call them kids, I mean, I'm sure adults too, uh, that lived there, everybody around them was like, the cops are bad, the cops are bad. And so when they see a cop, they immediately think the cops are bad, and then all feels like, and, and then we talk about, I hate, I hate you in general I, terms I, like millennials, that, but we I talk about I, I don't. universities. If you, don't, if you don't do something wrong, they're not going to bother you. I found that to be true for the most part. For the most part. I mean, just like anything else, there's crooked people in everything. True. You know what? In that Starbucks that you're going to, there's probably somebody crooked back there that would spit in your freaking drink. Could be. Could be. Everywhere around you, there's could be crooked people, people who are going to prey upon you and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But a gaggle of police officers because this wasn't one police officer this was a bunch of i didn't see the story that you're referring to like four or five of them before their shift went in there to get get a a coffee then you know what you don't feel safe get out yeah it's a public space right get out you know where i didn't feel safe i was hosting trivia at the mellow mushroom public space and this guy came in with open-toed sandals, the ugliest Hawaiian shirt I ever had, and a big old holstered gun on the side. And I didn't feel safe. I'm like, if you're going to wear sandals with that shirt, you sure as hell don't know how to use that gun. <laughs> I don't feel safe with you, man. But it was like, it, it was, it was this, right. And he was sloppy. He, he was sloppy. That's what made me not. It wasn't that he had a gun. It was like, you are obviously a sloppy person, and you have a gun. That makes but me feel unsafe. But he had every right to be there. But he had every right to be there, like and he had did. every right to carry. And, you had every and nobody right said anything. Leave. I did. And I just kept on doing what I did, you know. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. So, you know, but, yeah. I, um, and the same yeah. thing, and just getting back on this about, like, the EMS responders. 
we're getting people sending us stuff about people complaining about this and that. Look, I'm just want to throw it out there. You know, I will be the first one to tell a paramedic EMT that you screwed up. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be the first one to tell people and families that that's your problem, too. And I'm sorry. There's things that we as EMS providers cannot control. We cannot control the response time. We yeah. can't. There is no service out there. Now, and all this stuff about like AMR and even grading and, all, and national too, what national is involved in it as well. And I think Metro is involved maybe in some of it too with response times. You know, these services that people are complaining about, about response times. Do you actually think people that there's somebody sitting around saying, okay, how can I make response times longer? No, I don't think but it, so. I think some of those companies just listed off care more about keeping their bottom line. Well, they down have to because that's than, how you get paid. Yeah. If okay, so if you as the public want better response times, you need to be going to your commissioner. You need to be going to your state representative. You need to be going to whoever represents you and demanding to give more money to the situation to pay for it. What you're asking people is something for nothing. And that's another problem going on around this country is everybody wants something for nothing. Like, why should I have to pay for it? Well, you use it. It's your safety net. Whenever something happens to you or your family and you call 911, you want an ambulance there in four minutes, well, you're going to have to pay for it. And people will be like, well, I don't use the ambulance. You don't right now, but you do not know when you're going to use that ambulance. Yeah. And you need to be prepared. And the only way to be prepared is to properly fund the system. A few years ago, this is probably about maybe pushing 10 years ago, I'd have to look up now about whenever the trauma bill was up. And it had to be a constitutional amendment because they were going to add $20 to your tag. $20 a year, just $20 per tag. That's it to fund the trauma system. Yeah. And it had to go out for a constitutional amendment to do this. The Georgia Constitution. Georgia Constitutional yeah. Amendment. Or it had, or maybe I could be wrong, but it had to be. It was a state referendum. It became least. complicated. Yep. You got all these groups out there. Don't tax me this. Don't do that. And you know what it did? It defunded the trauma system. So if you live outside Metro Atlanta... Trauma systems are scarce. Trauma centers yeah. are scarce. You know, yeah. what, because you wanted to save 20 bucks? And, by the way, that $20, you know, you probably spend that in one day. Well, And on here's the thing, too, food. though. Here's the thing. How much of it was people actually railing and whining to their commissioners? Legitly, you're saying, I don't want to pay $20 more for this. Find another way. And how much of it were was commission or not commissioners, but uh, uh, congressmen and Senate House representatives just saying, well, if we bring this to the people, it's so raising a tax. And I, no, you know, it, you know, yeah, it went through them first. See, to get to the statewide referendum, it had to go through the House and Senate. And they're the ones who first. did they shut it down or they? No, the people did. So they, it got voted the down. It got voted okay. down that's, by the people. That's where I'm catching the up. The state representatives. Gotcha voted in because they had to go through the state houses to get on the ballot. Okay. And it got on the statewide ballot and the people voted it down. But then but then I'm sitting here listening to all these complaints in DeKalb County and Dunwoody 
wow, I wonder why my response times is maybe because we don't have enough trauma centers. You know what? Whenever you go to Grady, it's packed. When you go to DeKalb Medical Center, guess what? It's packed. When you go to Atlanta Medical Center, guess what? It's packed. It's packed. And the ambulances are going there, and they're sitting up against the wall. All right, my folks out there that are listening, that are on an ambulance right now, tell us. Tell us how long you've been sitting up against the wall waiting on a bed. And why are you waiting on a bed? Because the trauma system hasn't been funded properly. And the hospitals aren't funded properly because you people out there do not want to pay for it. But you want it for free. And you want to sit around and complain about it. And you think that the money's just going to fall out of the sky somewhere. And it's not. And until the people decide that, you know what, I'm going to pay my EMTs and paramedics in my trauma system more than I pay my hairdresser. You realize that whenever you go, you pay your hairdresser and your nail technicians and your spa people and your Starbucks and stuff more a year than you fund an EMS system. Unfortunately, a lot of times that can be true. Yep. But you don't complain about that. Starbucks goes up 50 cents, 75 cents on a cup of coffee. You don't bat an eye at that. You keep going. But yet they ask for 20 bucks a year. $20 a year. Break that down. That's less. That's, that's just a little over a dollar a month. You got some responses now. Okay, yeah. Preach it, Tom. Hey, Destiny, <laughs> it stood three hours at DeKalb. Three hours. That's three hours. That's one ambulance not responding to calls for three hours. In a three-hour period, that ambulance, if the system was funded and pro- functioning properly, that ambulance could run three or four more calls. Yeah. And respond to three or four more people. Now multiply that times the 30 to 40 ambulances just in DeKalb County. Take the ones in Fulton County. Now you're up in Fulton and Cobb and in Gwinnett County. You're upwards of hundreds of ambulances, right? And people sitting there for hours waiting on, waiting on a bed. And whenever they're sitting there waiting on a bed, they can't respond. Can't do anything, can you? You know, this was something that... that and I'm sorry for my soapbox, y'all, no. but it's just I, just hearing the, the complaints and people bashing EMS systems. And I'm not taking it up for AMR. I'm not taking it up for Grady. I could care less, honestly, about the name of the service. It's about the system. And it doesn't matter who you put in those positions. If Grady was gone tomorrow, guess what? People are going to complain about Grady. If yeah. AMR is gone tomorrow, you know what? You may be a service trying to get that DeKalb contract, but let me put you on notice. You are next. Yeah. You're next to be in the hot seat. If you're trying to get into Atlanta somewhere, you would be next on the hot seat too because you don't have the answers and you don't have the money to fund it. Nobody does. Not for what they want because what they want is what, a six-minute, six, seven-minute six, seven response, eight-minute response time? Those the last one. It depends on the area, of course, but uh, South Fulton wants a nine-minute response time. That's the one we've talked about most recently. Yeah. Got to get more ambulances. And it's not just about ambulances. you got to get bigger emergency rooms, bigger hospitals, more beds in the hospital so that the people have places to go. Yeah. Yeah, that that's been the the big problem there. <clears throat> um, so that was an interesting way to start things off, for sure. 
uh, man, there are no good easy solutions. But that's so that takes us into that whole. We are a society of complainers at this point, right? And right. and and even to the positive when people try that whole. Did you ever do that ice bucket challenge? Yes. Okay, and that's a, that's what I'm saying about a positive thing. We think people think oh, if we just get awareness, we're gonna no. No, I can't remember what the numbers are now, but the numbers, I saw the numbers. I was, I was totally against this stupid thing. Like, it's dumb. Nobody's paying, because that thing was, you're supposed to either, either pour ice water on you, or you donate to, to the Alzheimer's research. Right. Their donations didn't blip hardly. It didn't, it went up some, but it did not, it's not like it went, oh, here were standard donations, you know, and bam, it went up. No, people were just doing videos. Uh, and then they did. Most people who did it didn't even know why they were doing a video. Like, oh, Tom challenged me to do this, so I'm pouring ice on myself. It it got so far away from the whole point of the idea, and that's my my problem with that. Or complaining, neither one of those does any good, right? Except when you just keep knocking on every door, you're doing everything you can, and there's something we've been looking at that we haven't fully fleshed out yet. That that person is spending their money to get, get uh, open records acts done, and they're filing legitimate complaints. Like When I say legitimate, I mean, they're going through the process. I'm not saying right. necessarily their, their complaints have been proven, but they're not just getting on Facebook and going, why me? Or calling up the boss and going, your guy sucked. They're going through the process, writing things out, telling the story over and over again. That's how you get things done. You get things done by maybe sending it to us and letting us talk about it, and, and we can shame some people. Because sometimes we've seen with Jon Stewart – when the right people get in front of the other right people and bring, you know, bring them to, to accountability, sometimes things get done. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Um, when it comes down to, to fear, well, okay, one, let's talk about the realities of that situation with the police and Starbucks. I don't feel safe. Starbucks can go, and then they pay for their coffee just like you did. We got money. Ult- now, Star- I believe Starbucks as a corporation actually cares more about communities than most corporations. Right. Ultimately, they want to get paid. They will shut that store down if they're not getting paid. That's what they're there for. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares. I think I think Starbucks corporate came up and did the right. They've been working with the police department. That's cool. I know they. When I say I know, I mean I dealt with the Conyer Starbucks with some community-based stuff I was doing many years ago, and they are very lenient on how they support causes and they have very very few restrictions as opposed to like coca-cola mm-hmm. won't support you unless you're a straight up 501c3 period right so now if you're a police charity which is that they might work with you and they probably do because it's good it's good optics is what they say it looks good you know for them to do that mm-hmm. but starbucks really does let you put out you come in like hey i got my local band they're gonna be playing this weekend can i put a flyer up yep they look at it make sure there's no vulgarity or anything that's offensive sure put it up they support the communities please support the community and I'm with you. Now, I've, I have dealt with some bad seeds on the police, in the police side. I've dealt with a lot of bad seeds in the medic side and the fire yep. side, too. But my, I've had – and it's not what you think. I'm not this wild guy who has this checkered past. But I do kind of live with my mouth running, and I just don't care about some things. And Kevin – what's her friend's name? Uh, he was an EMT at Newton. He's a, a police officer in Jasper County. McFall. Uh, no, I'm McFall. McFall. Mc, uh, yeah. Kevin uh, McMichael. McMichael. Kevin McMichael. So, quick story is I, was, I called it the ghetto sled. I had this 
old, I can't remember even the year model, this old Ford Taurus that the police had gotten in a drug raid. And, I mean, they'd torn it up. And they'd found drugs. Stuff. They'd popped the lock on the trunk. So it's beat all the hell. Yeah. And it was beat before the cops got to it. And then they just didn't help the situation either. So it's, it's drive. I paid 700 bucks for that car. It was an A to B car. And I jumped over time, over two or three years. I put maybe another grand and a half into it to keep it running. Mm-hmm. But it was a duct tape car. What well, drew attention everywhere I went from the police. And one night I'm coming home, and the brakes were bad. So I hit the brakes and it kind of pulled. And they were doing, they were getting ready to do like the uh, license checks and whatever. So they were mm-hmm. patrolling the area pretty heavily. And sure enough, I got pulled over when my taillights went out as I was driving because the wiring was loose. And McMichael comes up and he's like, Do you know why I stopped you? What are you doing, man? He recognized I was like, Yeah, I do know why you stopped me. And, and, and he did his job. He ran my license protocol. Just because you recognize somebody, right. you should tell you drive. And he did. He did his job. But, you know, I got, I've run it. So that was a good example. Nice. He did his job. He had a reason to pull me over. Mm-hmm. My car looked shady. It came from shady people. What can I say? You didn't have a tail light. And I didn't have a tail light. Uh, and when I hit the brakes, it pulled. I mean, there's a little, yep. uh, let's be safe moment. You know, and he did it. But then, of course, I have no, I have no history with the police. Documentable right. history with the police. Um, so everything comes back. Off I went. Then I had one who, after he ran my license and found out everything was clean, he tried to goad me into saying or doing something to get me arrested. We deal with people like that. You know, it happens. But what happens when there's a school shooting? What happens when there's any shooting? Where were the police? How come I don't feel safe anymore? How come I'm not protect? You can't have both. Mm-hmm. You can't say, I feel unsafe because police are here. Well, again... Did you do anything wrong? Because I'm telling you, watch the YouTube videos. Now, I hate the ones that tried to go to the cops. This whole, this whole idea of I'm not going to answer your questions, that doesn't fly. That's some BS YouTube stuff right there. Right. That's, that's, the law is they ask you a question, you have to answer. Now, there's a certain point where you can invoke your rights. Right. Right, and you, you have a right have to, to remain silent. You don't have to incriminate yourself. Right. And, and you have a right but to remain silent. if they ask silent. you what your name is, you have to give it, and you have to give it back. And you're supposed to, even if you don't answer, if they ask you for your ID, this, the law is, I don't know what the age, it may be at 16, but the law is you're supposed to have photo ID on you at all times. All right. You're supposed to be able to prove or who you are. Or some way to prove who you are. Or some way to prove who you are, yeah. Um, you know, but they usually have to, especially in this day and age with lawsuits, and honestly, as much as it's tragic, to me as a, a changing the perception of our society, it was a good thing that those couple of years happened where, Officers were doing horrible things and killing innocent people because we woke up. We woke up and said, okay, we need to address this. And that is a top-down issue from the get-go because mm-hmm. um, you've worked with people that I'm sure – I don't believe you would ever see an issue with somebody and sweep it under a rug and like just hope for the best. I think if you saw somebody – I mean, I had anger issues. I don't, can't remember how – I have levels of anger in my history. So I don't know what level I was in my, my dealing with issues where I worked with you, but I know I had some anger issues, at least at that point when I dealt with you. If I had flown off the handle and punched a wall, what would you have done? I'd probably pulled you in the office and say, what's going on? Some basic counseling. And then I would have had to be stern and say, do not do that again. Right. So what happens if I do it again? You go home. Or hopefully there's you go deeper. I know I put you on the spot. Well, you but hopefully go you go. Home for a like, here's some counseling. We got to write some. Yeah, write immediately. Stuff up. Yeah, immediately. Immediately, you go got to get out because right. the, the situation is too vile. You need to calm down before you do something stupid. Exactly. Before we do something we don't want to do, 
the the whole just calm down. And most of the time, whenever you do go home, you still go home with pay. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. So you still get paid for the rest of your shift. So that would that'd be a, a good thing. And then you come in when everything is a lot calmer, usually with human resources involved, figure out. And you get an opportunity. And it gives you an opportunity to, to come in and start the dialogue and say, hey, I'm going through this problem. I need some help. And then human resources can say, you know what? We have this right here. This is what we need to do. You know, so... Yeah, so you're like talking that. about how, so, but, but you can't ignore it. But you got to because sure yeah. enough, as a person in authority, if we just ignore it and then you go out there and you punch a patient, then they'll be coming back and saying, "How'd you not see the signs?" You saw, you're yeah. responsible because if you would have did this, this, and this, this situation would never happen. Now you're negligent yeah. in your dealings with the situation, so you you have to yeah to you know be on there and that's that's what i'm getting at is uh, while it was tragic and horrible sometimes unfortunately we don't learn our lessons the easy way as a society or as an individual and and i've been in apartments where i've seen i'm sure because i'm too close to it i can't think of a a, specific instance and just because something got swept on the rug doesn't mean you know about it right right so i'm sure somebody's probably covered for me Mm-hmm. In the past, but I worked in apartments where I've seen them go, no, no, this guy, this is a problem, and they swept or they transferred to another partner, or they, they, I was like, no, 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 or, this or guy's gonna, but as long as he's not on my truck, that's all problem. I can do, yeah, because I'm telling you this is a problem. Uh, police have done it, and and we needed that public statement of, you can't hide it anymore. We have to deal, with, and that forced departments into having policies on anger management, mm-hmm. uh, uh, discipline policies on if you don't show growth and change right. you know, type of deal. Um, and I think yeah. today, you know, I've gone down this rabbit hole because the, our title today is like when everything goes right and the patient still dies. And I, I think the bunny hole or whatever I was trying to go on is that, that just because it doesn't go right for you as a patient or the public doesn't mean that the EMS provider yeah. wasn't doing everything right. within their power to make it right. They can't, the EMS providers out there cannot control the traffic. They cannot control the bed count at the hospital. They have no control over how many nurses and physicians are at the hospital. They have no control over that stuff. But we have to deal with that system all the time. Yeah. So we'll talk about the call a little bit here. Um, So this is a a call where somebody passed away. And the the email setting it up um, is the patient was on kidney dialysis. She's about 60. uh, And is post holidays it was still in december but it was post holidays and her and her husband had been uh shopping all day you know and she had trouble breathing but they had even written that off as well you're just too full you ate too much you had too much to eat and drink over the holidays with dialysis mm-hmm. it kind of puts you off actually that is a good segue from we're talking about burying things when we see signs people do that all the time with their health all right. the time oh, i'm okay you're on dialysis. The second you're short of breath, you should sit down. And if that doesn't solve it, you need to get somebody to look at you. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you could have eaten and drank too much. That throws your whole system out of whack. Yep. Maybe you need to go ahead and get some fluid removed or something, you know? Yeah. And ultimately, they did call 911. I'm going to try to find the, uh, the actual run times here. They did call 911, and the truck came... And let's see, at 24 minutes after the hour was the call. 
and they're in route at 27 minutes. That's a three-minute time from when the call came in to when they set in route. So that means they processed it through dispatch. They called over the truck, sent it to the computer system. The, and it's, it's well after dinner time. It's before midnight, but well after dinner time. So it's quite possible the medics had their shoes off, possibly had their uniform shirts off, were... I, don't, I can't. Maybe they were in the bathroom. Yeah. So maybe they're in the bathroom. Yeah. So it takes so three minutes. It's not. That's no. a reasonable amount of time. But that's three minutes from the time the call came in and the truck went in route. Yeah. But does it say what time that the unit was dispatched? Because there should uh, be a uh, time uh, received. Uh, two minutes. Two minutes after they were dispatched, and roughly a full minute after they were in route. First, so from dispatch in route was one minute. Almost so exactly. From dispatch to in route. That is extremely reasonable yeah. because more than likely is the system counting down the seconds there or just the minutes? It's doing both. So it does both. Okay. Yeah, it has hours, uh, minutes, and seconds. Okay, so a minute to get in route is extremely reasonable because think about how long does it take for you to get off your sofa in the house and walk to your car and get out? Yeah. Well, if you have kids, three hours apparently yeah. in my house. But yeah, but you know, you're right. So yeah. one minute is extremely reasonable. Yeah. Uh, now, and they were on scene from dispatch to on scene time was nine minutes. From call, initial call to on scene, that makes that 11 minutes. But how is the mileage on there? Because mileage should be on there. It, it was like, yeah, it's somewhere on here. I saw it. Uh, so I have to do the math. It's roughly nine miles. A little less than nine miles. So they... So... Oh, wait, no, that's not correct. That's at a hospital. Um, yeah, keep talking. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. So depending on, you know, <clears throat> I mean, how many miles it was, because at best, you cannot do 60. If you're doing 60 miles an hour in Atlanta, on, in Atlanta you are now utilizing, you're now in a situation where you're not utilizing due regard for the safety of the public. Because I'm going to tell you this, folks. If that ambulance is going down the road in the posted speed limit, which most places are in the urban areas, is going to be 35, 40 miles an hour at the most, right? Yeah. If you're doing 60 miles an hour, you're not using due regard. And if you're in an accident, that person driving that ambulance goes to jail. And it's not. we're not going to put our lives... We're not going to put our family and our livelihood at risk. Right. We're not going to do it. We're not, I'm not going to get out there and drive an ambulance and risk harming somebody else. Even technically speaking, and I think this typically falls on the state patrol, the highest level, but e even without being in an accident, you're driving too fast, way too fast, dangerously too fast. You're operating in a dangerous manner. License signs are not. They can follow you to the scene and arrest you. Yeah. Because well, you're, you're jeopardizing the public. Yeah, you, it is imperative that you always utilize due regard. Now, the law does not put a speed limit. The law does not say you can only do this. The law does not say you can do that. It says you're supposed to use due regard. If you're not using due regard, yeah. then, you know. See, Nicole says, it takes me a few minutes to respond to either a medical call or a fire call because I have two kids. I've got to make sure the grandparents are home so they can watch yeah. them. She's a volunteer. volunteer. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and that plays in. It, didn't give me the, it only gives me on-scene mileage and then to the hospital. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll keep setting this up while we're talking about that. So that we're talking about total elapsed time from the time you hit 911 
to the time somebody's walking through your door is 11 minutes. The actual, and that's not the measured response time. The response time was under, I think it was right at nine minutes, more or less. Eight, eight and a half, nine minutes. So, uh, the medic's there. She's alert. We'll get into the call here in a second. But basically, uh, she's alert and oriented. But obvious distress going on. Things are happening. And they said, okay, they're not going to spend a ton of time on scene. And that, that's on there as well. But they, they get her to the truck pretty quickly. And we're gone. And then the family said, we'll see you tomorrow. Basically. Uh, I guess it's an elder. Well, I mean, 60 years old for the wife. You assume the husband's a little bit older. I don't necessarily consider 60 to 70 elderly. But maybe there's extenuating circumstances of why they didn't go with her to the hospital. I don't know. But by 3 a.m., they got a call from the hospital saying that things weren't looking well and that the, the patient's brain had been without oxygen for 45 minutes. And as a result, she's brain dead, which, of course, is a shock to the family. It's a shock to how that went. Um, and this was sent to us for our take on it of how the call went, what we think happens. And I don't, I don't have any record. And we have this call with the, again, with the family's permission, we have this call, uh, but we're also public entity. However, we get it to my knowledge, however we get it, we just have it. It, it, It's it's not like we're guided by HIPAA or anything else on this, this show. Uh, But we do have permission to have this. And we're going to dig into the meat of everything here in a minute. But this is a call that went south. This is a call that immediately they recognize as a real call when they walked in. They didn't banty about on scene going oh let's try this let's try that they didn't walk her to the ambulance which would be stupid horribly bad they did everything that i can see correctly the patient crashed they still handled that correctly for the most there's a little discrepancies in the the documentation but nothing that jumps out uh, at me as oh you messed up they they were unable to get her intubated um but yeah, once I got to the hospital, the hospital actually got her intubated and got her back, but she'd been without oxygen for a hot minute. Now, according to the email that we got, she'd been brain without oxygen for 45 minutes. The medics weren't even with this patient for a total of 45 minutes. So, right. so there was a long time at the hospital as well that they were scrambling to fix this issue and try to get her back. And this is why I titled it. Sometimes when it things says, go uh, the arrest right. was witnessed by a healthcare provider. Yeah, the paramedic CPR initiated by mm-hmm. EMS. So um, CPR yeah. was initiated immediately. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, it was. So why don't you start back? Uh, I think it's on the front page. It kind of gives maybe it's the second page. It gives a, the where the the medic writes it up, and. It talks about and They did get a Ross because they, they got Ross back. But it says, if you really dig in, it says when they arrived at hospital. You know, uh, and according to the email and the family and the, nur- the nurse's report, that it was actually longer than that. And here's the thing. Here's, while you're digging through that, because I, I would definitely want your opinion. I know you've read it over it once, so you're just digging through right. for things you want. Just- um, document honestly, people. There was, there was a slight, because he, he does document, oh, Roscoe was when we arrived at the hospital. But if you really dig into the detail of the report that they have to provide, it really wasn't. It's like, don't, don't, there's one thing they said, patient improved, but the patient stayed coded. That's not an improvement. You know, that's, that's, don't be afraid to say things didn't change. I did my best. 
They put them before she coded. They had her on CPAP, and said no improvement. You had her on on high flow oxygen. Now her SATs improved, but her condition did not improve. The CPAP was to try to put. I'm assuming CHF is. I mean, you're on dialysis. Yeah. Probably have CHF, and it's probably filling up. That's my my assumption as a trained medic. The techniques I see here are appropriate. You put her on oxygen. You get her on the stretcher. You get her in the back of the truck. When you get her in the back of the truck, you put CPAP on to put that pressure down. You keep documenting it. It was not, I mean, it was successful, but it was not, it did not improve. And then you did, somewhere in there, you did one little thing. And get, no, it didn't improve. Don't mark that. Be bluntly honest about what you did. And according to the documentation that I can find, you didn't get Rosk at the hospital. To me, Tom, clear me up here. If I say I got Rosk is a return of spontaneous circulation, for those of you who don't know, R-O-S-C. So if I'm going to say I got Rosk, that's before, before I go through those ER doors, right? After that, all right, let me just say, before I put him in the bed, if I put that patient in the bed, then it's the hospital thing. If I say I've got Ross, that means they're on my stretcher mm -hmm. in any moment before they got onto the, pa the bed. That's my, and as I dug through this, I, it took longer than that to get right. You, you didn't get Ross. You right. turned over a patient who was still being coded. Right. Cause I don't find clear documentation that we did this. And then we had a vital sign of, a Brady, because usually Rosk is a Brady, a Brady of 40 to 60, a patient was breathing so many times. I don't have that documentation, so I don't agree. But I'm not, I'm not nitpicking. I, I'm just I, saying document better. I will say, yeah, the, the documentation could be a bit better, but from me reading and looking at this, just for the crew, if you're listening to this, if you uh, recognize this, I don't see where you did anything wrong. No, I agree. I don't. I agree fully. And if you're the family out there, I'm sorry. I, I really, I pray for y'all. Uh, your thoughts, my, our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family for your loss. Um, but the crew didn't do anything wrong here. Yeah. In my opinion. And if I was a professional witness, I would, I would say that for them. Yeah. Honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the timeline here, and you saw it too. Looked like to me they were right on top of it. Yeah, they she's on dialysis it. three times a week. Yeah. Let's explain what that basically means to somebody who doesn't understand what dialysis does. I mean, dialysis is, is pretty much taking over the function of your kidneys. Yeah. And you don't, and, but whenever you're on dialysis, there's a lot of complications. It does not, it, it takes over the functions of your kidneys, but it doesn't replace it. And it's nowhere near as efficient. And whenever somebody's on dialysis, they're subject subjected to infections they're subjected to a lot of uh electrolyte imbalances from here there and everywhere so um yeah yeah they went to the closest facility, facility. um they moved fast i mean looking at document and the time they had to put times in for all this stuff yeah and looking at the documentation they, well, the tripoding is when you're leaning over and using your arm, that third, you know, your two legs are on the floor and your arms push on the chair. That's that tripod, right? And you're breaking that triangle because you can't breathe. She had crackles. She had 60% or in the 60s. Her percents were in the 60s. Right. It should be at 94 we give oxygen, right? So right. that's way low. I mean, they recognize all this, did everything. They were on top of they it. They were. They were absolutely on top of it. Uh, the, it was 9.5 miles to the hospital and... They left 
So that's five. That's ten minutes. So 20, 21 minutes. It says they departed scene at 55 after the hour, and they got to the hospital at 16 after the next hour. Which is, I mean, that's a 10-mile I mean, ride. 10-mile mi- ride. I think yep. this is South Fulton, if I'm understanding the location. Because so they went to Noonan, Piedmont Noonan. Right. So that's South Fulton, I think. So you're talking about distance, traffic. And just because yeah. it's nine and miles, road, it's not nine miles straight at 60 yeah. miles an hour. It's windy and around. In road and, conditions. And yeah. it's at night. Yes. So. Yeah, it is at night. It's approaching midnight. Um, dude, and I don't know. where this, this is where we can't really dig in. But they got, on, they got at the hospital at 16 after. It says patient transferred at 40 after. Now, is that you think that means they, they went right in? They're working it with them. They were working it. With they were them. Working it yeah, with they them. didn't leave the room. So they until didn't leave. After. So they stayed there helping. Which also tells me document a little better because you didn't get Rosk. Because if you're helping work it, they. I mean, you helped the team get Rosk, but we don't stay in the room if they don't need help. Right. You stay in the room when you're working the code. Right. You know. Um, or at least yeah. differentiate that you had turned over care. Right. And if you're still providing care, I would document that. Well, care they, they that do I say would, here. Once at Piedmont, ER patient taken to a room where further attempts or resuscitation were made. But he clearly marked Rosk at the hospital in one of his documentation. I don't yeah. know. It's not wrong. I, I would put in there if Rosk yeah. was obtained, if I was providing care. If I was yeah. doing CPR, if I was still assisting, I would put the Rosk in there somewhere. I'd just make sure it was differentiated from that it was at the hospital yeah. under the care of the phys- you know the lead would be the physician and, at that time not me right. being the lead and the reason I bring that up specifically and the reason it sticks, sticks on me so much is that I don't believe this family has any intent to sue that's not the impression I get from the email that was sent to us or anything I just want a closure and we're right. going to give them a little bit more closure when we dig into this a little bit more uh, but if somebody were to sue or they're definitely what, what, what do we do we we pretend that we're, we're, we are desktop lawyers with no degrees, right? We rip these things apart because there are times when these things need to get ripped apart. And so that's how I went at this. Right. Well, if you were sued, that you're, uh, let's be real, Tom. We're not going to go in front of a jury of our peers. We're going to go in front of right. a jury of people who don't want to be on the jury most of the time. Right. And they have little to no medical education. Right. Because typically, if you're law enforcement... Firefighter, professional firefighter, and volunteer firefighters are great, but I mean, you know, you're on the clock, professional firefighter, because of the demand of time, or a medic. Either the lawyer who's suing the medical professional is going to throw it out because they have certain ones they can throw out mm-hmm. because they don't want that, they want to win type of deal, or it's just you're going to get forgiven because your time protects the public, right? And and let's be honest, police are going to be skewed. They deal with criminals all the time, and court is an adversarial thing for them. So if they get on a jury, guilty. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing. It's what I would, I would imagine is what I would do if I was a police officer instead of a paramedic. Um, so we're not going to go in front of a jury of our peers. We're going to go in front of a jury of people who don't understand what we do, mm-hmm. who read the news, watch the TV shows, hear the, the complaints, and we're going to have a lawyer whose whole job is to defeat us. You got to be better at this. Right. You ha- that's how I was always taught. Why like you got to defend. Yeah. yeah. Don't give anybody any ammunition. And I don't think they would get too far with that of, oh, we got re- Ross, but you really didn't. I mean, it's a, it is a great, be that, honest. Yeah. You did the good job. You really did the good job. Yes. You, you, you nailed it. 
But just coming from that point of what can a lawyer say, if they can put doubt in that jury's mind, well, if they got this wrong, what else did they get? You never want to – you want to try to avoid leaving that room. But, yeah, let's talk about these time frames, man. They they were on scene. Uh, uh, ALS assessment made patient contact. Uh, Got the blood pressure. Uh, That was successful, but the condition was unchanged. Then they put on oxygen – seconds later. I mean, because he's just documenting it. Right. Right. So as they're doing that, they're putting on oxygen. Uh, position, the patient was unchanged. And I'm, I'm not familiar with their equipment, but a lot of times whenever you're this, these reports now are attached to the monitor. And if somebody works for grading, let me know, or AMR yeah. or whoever, because uh, you can put on the, yeah. you can, as they're putting them on oxygen, they hit a button on the monitor, and then it automatically feeds exactly. It, it and that could be where some of this came in. What that, what that is? Yeah, because I, I think that is what that is. Because within, I mean, it's just two seconds later, oxygen. Three seconds later, CPAP. And yeah. we know from documentation they put CPAP on in the machine, so it's probably the automatic right. documentation more than likely, because uh, his written documentation spreads it out a little bit more. Uh, but then from there, they, he did a three lead. And got bradycardia, um, mm-hmm. and keeps putting patients' response unchanged because oxygen hadn't been on that long. The treatments haven't been going. Um, they tried two IVs without resp- uh, without success, unfortunately. That's kind of common in dialysis, dialysis unfortunately, because yeah. you have. I'm going to assume the most common dialysis is the one with the ports, and she's going three times a week yeah. in the middle of the night, and that's the other thing. How thick. Is Atlanta? You know, there's a dozen, two dozen, three dozen, maybe more dialysis clinics around Atlanta, and you got to go at Not three more. in the morning. Yeah, you know that means they're round the clock clinics because so many people need it. Yep. So that's that's also a thing, but you can't do blood pressures or IVs on the arm with the ports. Right. So they tried twice, couldn't get it. They ran out of space mm-hmm. to get it. I don't know if they tried an EJ. They it didn't say they tried it, and. Depends on the patient. I know I'm not. I never go for an EJ if I can't see it. If, right. if for any reason swelling, I'm surprised they didn't do an IO. But you know, I think they. I think but later I they document an IO. I thought, I thought they got the second attempt. Uh, no, it says unsuccessful. The first one, both of them on, on in this order so far, it says unsuccessful. Okay, I thought the second one was um, successful. But then at, at so this is all. At oh no, these are not seconds. These are minutes. Sorry. This is time. So what in a second? So yeah, they did the assessment. A few minutes later, put on oxygen, got her on the stretcher, fire. All everybody got her out of the house, got her in a truck, put on her CPAP, three lead IV, second IV. Both then they got uh, another three lead, and that's this is where she crashed. They did another three lead because she crashed, uh, and immediately started CPR. Um, and suctioning. And at this point, I'm gonna check the double check time. I think they'd already left the scene. I don't think this was in the yard. Which is appropriate. Let's see. They departed at scene at 21.55. So, yeah. They tried one IV in the driveway. And then said, let's go. Which is appropriate. Which is appropriate. Because that, I mean, that was, you're talking about less than 10 minutes on scene. They yeah. got her, they got her, got her out. And tried one IV. Didn't get it. All right, let's ride. Right. They were on the road five minutes before she crashed on the way. So, that was, we said it took nine minutes. So, five minutes into going to the hospital. She crashed. Right. And CPR immediately. Oh, that's where it says improved. Let let me nitpick that as a desktop lawyer, not a lawyer. 
you're doing CPR. Why would you put patient response improved? If she didn't, if you don't, I mean, talk, can you argue improvement if you're not getting ROSC? I guess you you might could if you're getting an an O2 sat, you're getting a um, positive response on on your entitled CO2. Okay. You could argue you that argue that is that's a, All right. would be an improvement that you're that shows that you're doing effective CPR. Now I'm Maybe. trying to dig into the mindset I, that's of the just medic. Me just, sure. Yeah, that's just me spitballing. Maybe that's. And, and you got to understand, too, a lot of times in this documentation, it's just drop-down menus, too. True. It might – well, and, it, and the way it's coloned is improved and successful, so they might be tied together. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Uh, so, of course, they did some suction for the airway. Um, and all this is still en route to the hospital. And, okay, this that was the original. But I, I so want to point this out because this is where I do not like um, – where I'm not a big fan of save awards and stuff. No, I, I'm not either. Because I'm reading this documentation here. And I, I tell students all the time, and I, when I was in the field, I tell new employees and trainees and, yeah. and stuff this all the time. Because it's always been something that stuck to me since I was in school. Is that there's several rules in EMS. Rule number one is people die. Yeah. Rule number two, we can't always change rule number one. This crew right here did pretty much everything right. But they don't get an award. They don't get a pat on the back, I'm sure. They don't get anything. And yeah. I hopefully they're listening or somebody's listening. This is your pat on the back. You did a good job. Keep it up. Yeah. You can't save everybody. But here I mean, you want to call out the medic? To, but here, apparently, you tried your best, and I applaud you for doing a good job there. I mean, we really have no problems calling them. We're saying good things about them. We can call them out if you want to. Yeah, let's don't. Because that'd be a save award, and then we're hypocrites. Yeah, okay, yeah. I got you. Uh, but the, but the last if documentation. if we did, maybe later we'll try to reach out to them and find sure. them and ask them first before their name gets thrown. Because they may not want yeah, they Yeah, you're right. They may not want it out there. Uh, uh, so then, uh, as they're almost at a hospital... Uh, the medic tries to intubate twice and unsuccessful, and it's it's patient vomiting. There's on the on the first one, it's just failed. Comments unsuccessful. And I read somewhere it was like basically it was a shifted airway. It was, it was one way or right. the other. It could not visualize the airway very well at all. Uh, the second attempt, there was vomiting and aspiration. Well, yeah, when something's going at fluid. you, you can't keep your face in there. The patient was yeah. fluid overloaded. Yeah. The lungs are probably full of fluid. Whenever you lay them flat, where's yeah. the fluid going to go? Which you have to lay them flat to intubate. Yeah. There's nothing. Or to do CPR. And which, yeah. It, it, it. Let me tell you something to the public. I always actually try to come from the stance of attacking the medicine. Right? Because if the medicine stands, you stand. That's my, my thought process. Because I, I came up too much in a good old boy system of, oh, we make excuses for people, or, oh, we sweep things under the rug, or, oh, we do a little bit of remediation. You and I have talked about a number of times when, oh, well, I saw this person royally screw up, horribly, and then the remediation and everything is out of sight, out of mind. Mm -hmm. And so I'm left with that. Anyway, that's, I, I do admittedly come at it as I'm going to attack it first. And it, stu it stood here. This med now we'll do the human thing is the reason I said all that. The human thing is this could weigh on this medic. 
I know there's a number of patients I thought I should have been able to save that should have made a difference in keeping them alive, and they just died. And it weighed on me. It wasn't like nightmares or anything. It's like, no, I, 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 I know I did my job. I know they know that it did everything they could physically do, and it wasn't in the cards. Especially from the timeline where they spent another 30 minutes in the ER working with doctors. With You don't have bumps in the road. you got perfect lighting. you got every tool you need. And they still took another 30 and minutes that, to get her back. And that shows that they cared about that patient. Yes. Because yes. in reality, what obligation do we have once we get to the hospital and we put them on that hospital bed? Yeah. Do done. We, have to, uh, we don't have to. No, it's done. It's Once they're on the hospital bed, which right. also plays into that hanging on the wall thing, once I put them in your bed, that's your problem. Yeah. Why am I standing here with them? Anyway, that's, that's near and there. But, but yeah, no, do we're that. done. We usually, I mean... There's very few. I don't know hardly anybody in our profession that would do that. Every time I've ever seen somebody bring in a cardiac arrest, that crew has stayed there yeah. and worked it. No, absolutely. Unless it's like a – every once in a while I'll get shooed out of the like, – okay, yeah. we got a specialized team. There's not enough bodies. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, there's not but, enough room. But that's the – got you, they Doc. got I'm it. good. Yep, they've you got, got it. it. Exactly. You know? But at 11 o'clock, 11, 12 o'clock at night, there's, there's probably not really short, specialized yeah. yeah. They're probably short, and they needed to help. Yeah. And they stayed and helped. So, yeah. Um, and then probably went and got back in their unit, cleaned it up, and ran another call. Yeah. And, and the assessment, the way, I mean, they were they didn't play games with the assessment either. He didn't do the, the oh, well, at this point, it was all good. No, no he, he put in the end results of the assessment of bag valve mask. Well, we know that there were chest rise and fall when you first got there because she didn't crash till four minutes right. on route it off. But you didn't play that. You just put, we did BVMs, you know. They went to the worst-case scenario, put themselves out there here, and it, it was a solid, it was a solid medical call that you could teach off of. Right. You're right. That's fine. Um, and I feel, I feel bad for everybody involved. Firefighters involved, the family, especially the family. I mean, you say, your wife leaves you and she's awake and breathing, but obviously in problems. I'll see you tomorrow. Presumably this has maybe happened in the past. I'm sure with dialysis is probably a, a thing that, yeah, you know, she's they're probably thinking she's going to go. She's going to, you know, they're going to do dialysis on her tonight. She'll be better. We'll go pick her up and mm-hmm. keep yeah. going as normal. I know my, as much as I hate to say it, I know my mother-in-law went in and out of the hospital until she didn't. You know, saying not quite this scenario, but dialysis, other things going on. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's a call. Sometimes things just don't work, even when you need them to. And hopefully, if the family ever hears this or sees this, uh, you'll understand that we broke it down. I mean, maybe. I understand not everybody has the capacity to understand everything, and they obviously have this report because they gave it to us. But that hopefully that helps is that they didn't dilly dally. Right. They didn't. I know I've been on scene. They did what they were trained to do. Thirty minutes. You know, we working a code. Well, you know, they did what they were trained to do, what they were supposed to do. Yeah, and it's and difficult to do IVs and, and intubation in the back of a truck, especially especially on a dialysis patient that has very little probably IV access to begin with. And let's be real, we don't know what this medic shape was. But I have much more difficulty innovating in the captain's seat than you do. Right. I got a big belly. I'm tall. I got to get low. 
that affects it too. But yeah, he said, let's go because that was the smartest thing to do. Yeah. Well, he was hoping to not have her code too, I'm sure. Nobody ever I'm wants sure that, that to happen. They, they, they were moving yeah. with a purpose. They knew that this yeah. patient was in distress and they were trying to do what they could do. And how many times have you put a, a patient who has pulmonary edema on CPAP and you see a very quick turnaround? I've actually never used CPAP, so really? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it works great. And so they, that's what, obviously, they were hoping for, and it just didn't work yeah, at it all. Doesn't work for, you know, everything doesn't work for everybody. So. And I want to use this never as a blaming thing. Never. I want, if the, again, if the family watches this, it's not a blame game. But this needs to be a lesson to everybody else who goes through this, and I hope they would stand behind me and go, please learn from this. If you're in distress – Especially with a history like this, with dialysis, of of yeah. any kind of cardiac, you have a cardiac history, you start having chest pains. Don't mess around. Don't go. Oh, uh, I just need to rest. Sure, if you have a history of angina, right? Rest. Do what the doctor told you to do, and give it that thirty minutes or less, and then call nine one one. We're telling you, run the risk of getting that grumpy medic who comes out and doesn't want to be there and and makes you feel crappy versus dying. Right. Yeah, because there are definitely medics out there. I dealt with them personally. Because who's to say if they would have yeah. called an hour earlier? Maybe CPAP would have worked. Maybe, maybe a whole different. She may have been able to get to the hospital in time and got on down. And maybe not. Maybe and maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Rule number one. Yeah. People die. Rule number two. We can't always change rule number one. Yeah. You know that's just how the cards are. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. And that's why. But the stars lined up here to give her this patient the best opportunity for right for it, and that's what we do. Why we do what we do. Yeah. With the tools and resources that we have. And and that's why I think this set off your complaint buzzer, and why it's it's such a harsh reaction to these complaints is is we get viewed as taxis. Why are you doing anything? Just take them to the hospital. Well, the hospital's not miracle workers either. Right. They have people code and die all the time. And that's the entirety of the job of ICU is to watch for that heart to stop. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. And they're running codes. I, we actually had somebody who might be starting class with us soon who's a tech in the ICU. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what they do, but they said they, they're on the code team. And that's, they run eight to ten codes a night. A shift, rather. I think they work overnight, but it's a shift. Well, your shift is 10 to 12 hours. So, on average, you're working a code every hour and 25 minutes, every hour and 30 minutes. That's a lot of code. So, the hospitals aren't magic. Right. You know? And, 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 and again, this family, to my knowledge, is not complaining. They're not bringing lawsuits. They just wanted a little closure. Or, or maybe the person they were talking to who was doing the research just wanted an explanation of what this meant. And we're trying to give that. But... The people who, who do want to sue, who do want to cry out, that takes away from the legitimate complaints of when medics do wrong. Right. Because we have to sort through, you know, the we being the universal we, right? At the state level, sometimes it's one person having to sort through all these complaints. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Uh, anything else you want to throw on any of this? Oh, uh, no. I think I had my rant for the day. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> no, it's good. It... it, it it makes us, and I know I'm not in the field anymore, but I want to speak for those who are. It makes us in the field feel like somebody's speaking for us. Because yeah. I know when I was in the field and these things would happen, and my boss, not you, I don't think, I think I was in your office once in the whole time I was working with you. 
and that was an interpersonal thing, not even a complaint outside the office thing. But I've been in, I've been holding an office for a complaint, and I went, and I did everything to save that person's life. Right. Or in I've one did, in one case, I actually saved their life. I was there too. And somebody still complains. And you feel like nobody cares about me. At least people feel like you care about them. I got a Rosk once from a patient. And the family complained because when when we were backing out, or actually when I was backing into the driveway so that we could get get to the patient, my tires went off their driveway and bent their culvert a little. A little bit, yeah. And they complained. But you saved the person's life. I saved their lives. Yeah, no, we get that. You know, uh, I'd be honest, man. And all, and this still works is if if you had backed in and even ran over my mailbox, but you saved my mother-in-law's life, I'll take care of it, man. Mm-hmm. So I'll bring you pizzas and everything. I'm gonna rebuild that mailbox. Have you come out? We'll take a picture by it. You know, who cares? It's yep. a culvert compared to uh, people. People want complaint. They, yeah, hey, weird. what else can I get out of this? And a lot of times we'll get the complaints. We won't get a complaint until the bill arrives. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. That Oh, man, let's talk about that for just a second. What we need to realize as, as paramedics and what the public needs to realize in general is they still have to pay for this. Right. It doesn't go away because she didn't make it. He's going to deal with his grief. Now he has to deal with the funeral home, which let me tell you, that's an ordeal. Even with the nicest possible you gotta people to deal with, too, don't you, you got to pay for that. There's so much. And it feels like, especially when you're dealing with the loss of a loved one, it's super difficult to feel like you're getting nickel and dying to death. But you do. You feel like you're mm-hmm. getting nickel. And then after you, you've put it, the funerals behind you and you've tr- maybe tried to start getting back to some sort of life, you get a bill in the mail from not from just the ambulance from the hospital from the specialist whatever because yep. not everybody was just part of that one team and then it kicks in your teeth again exactly and it's a huge bill it's not no, a no. five dollars and you're done bill it's an eighty thousand dollar bill could be you know i'm guessing i mean what would you guess just from the ambulance ride alone you're talking about six to ten grand the ambulance ride yeah only? the ambulance ride's probably about because you did fifteen hundred bucks. Oh, because they didn't do drugs. That's right. They didn't do because they couldn't get IVs. You only get flat rate for the ambulance. So oh, do it, you? Yeah. Okay. It's either well, a BLS. See, that's crap. So it's a BLS. That's, it's going to be yeah. a BLS rate or, or ALS. ALS rate. So they get the ALS an rate. ACLS rate or ACLS two rate. ACLS two is a specialty transfer from one facility to another. Okay. Then you get the ACLS rate. So, so they would get the ACLS a, rate. Yep. So you're thinking fifteen hundred dollars? Yeah. And then, but then the hospital. I don't know what they do what they ran through let's just call it five grand then more yeah probably now. more yeah um sure. it's just a lot and 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 sure what jonathan jenkins tell us insurance 40 percent nationwide 40 percent reimbursement mm-hmm. from insurance that means you're getting the bill for rent it's just yep exactly when, i just want to put this out there to people one everybody grieves differently everybody and and you can take all the time and do it how you do it you might get you might seem like you get over it immediately it doesn't matter but you don't understand and when somebody's grieving, they're going through all of those bills, all those constant reminders. I mean, the, 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 the man going through the process of closing my mother-in-law's estate, my wife and her brother were getting ugly calls for collections for this, for that. And like they had to get 
20-something copies of the death certificate, which is not a pleasant thing that you ever want to do. And you have to pay for every last one of those copies and then mail them out to these companies that were calling. And they want their money until they get proven. Some are really nice. Okay, we get it. Unfortunately, you got to do that. Yeah. I mean, because how many times have we had students come in here and say, oh, I missed because my grandma died. Okay, well, bring me an obituary. Yeah. And then they, they don't. They can't bring. I was like, okay, what's your grandma's name? Let's look it up. Let's try to find it. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, um, um, um. Yes. And to the students who do that, this is why we get angry with you because when it really happens, it's a huge burden for them to carry. Yep. And you're playing it because you just want them to come to class tonight. Right. Exactly. You know, come on. So that's going to, that's going to wrap that up. Um, thanks everybody for coming out and listening. We do have a podcast now. Uh, you go to anchor.fm forward slash EMS underground. Uh, actually, I think it's, let me double check. That. I think it's actually forward slash Georgia Institute of EMS. Cause I figured we put, you know, I don't know. We can always change things later. Uh, you know, I always should check my stuff before I, I tell you what it is. It is Georgia Institute of EMS. So anchor.fm slash Georgia hyphen Institute hyphen of hyphen EMS, because that's how links work. But I'm going to put it here on our Facebook page. We're in Spotify. Uh, I still haven't got the email about iTunes. Apparently, we're not on iTunes yet. But we're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and Breaker. Um, and, yeah, I, I'll have to look into why we're not on iTunes yet. But there is that link. So if you want the audio version, you can do that. These videos are going to YouTube as well. So that is – is YouTube is uh, George Institute of EMS as well, I do believe. So you can check that out. Uh, please send us your stories. Get in contact with us. My email's been up all yeah, day. Don't be afraid to participate. Yeah, Come Charles on. at G-A-I-E-M-S dot com. You can be anonymous. You can have your voice on the show by by uh, email me. I'll just walk you through how to do that. It's sure. fairly simple, but I'm not going to drag it out right now. Um, you can come be on the show. You got something you want to come talk to? We got we a get... spot right here for you. Right. I can't get I can't get the camera there. It's too, the microphone's too low. But we do. We have a microphone set up right here that you'll you could. There you go. You picked it up. You too can be on the show. Come on, join us. One of us. One, anyway. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, we just launched the EMT class. We're about to kick off advanced class next yep. week. Uh, there's still time to sign up if you want to forward your career. If you want to do more to help people, because honestly, a basic in this call, unless you can, unless you got protocols let fire drive for you, you've got to drive. It depends right. on your insurance. Become an um, advanced. Yeah, and even if you don't drive, you're, you're doing CPR, which is not a bad thing. CPR is needed, but... Become an advanced. Do more. Do those Let's IVs. Do uh, yeah. So come sign up. And, yeah, we'll be back next week. We're doing the show now on Thursdays. So check us out on Thursday afternoons as we do this, probably towards 3 o'clock, between 2.30 and 3 as we push. And, yeah, subscribe and all that jazz. And, and uh, yeah, like thanks and for, share. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forget. Like, share, do all that stuff. I got a story about that. I'll tell you in a second. Anyway, thanks for watching, and we'll be back next week.